You are listening to the East Point Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church that exists to glorify God as a gospel community that is growing in faith and reaching the world. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. Church, I'm, uh, I love the theme, all hands on deck. We're going to actually continue in that theme this morning as we look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. So if you have your Bibles or your device and you want to turn there, we're going to read through the text. And uh, it deals today with growing to maturity as Christ's body. We'll look at this text, uh, I'll read through it, we'll pray, and then we'll dive right in, okay? All right, Ephesians Chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body, one Spirit, just as you are called in one hope that belongs to your call, One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for revealing what's most important on your heart. And we pray that today as we dive into Ephesians chapter 4, that you would, by your Holy Spirit, illuminate our hearts and our minds and change us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I don't know how it was with you growing up, but uh, in my family, and I was one of four boys, um, we used to measure uh, our height, and we had like this family room, and we would stand against the wall 
you know, and uh, one of our parents put a ruler up there and, you know, lined it up. And then, you know, there was lines for all the brothers and we're like, we're all looking. And then a year or two later, we'd come back and we'd stand there again. And the whole idea was how much have we matured? How much have we grown? How much of progress have we made? And, uh, you know, you can imagine with four boys, a lot of trash talking going on in that family. But there was one line on the wall that we all noticed and we all cared about. And that was the line that was towering over all of ours. And that was dad. See, dad had stood against the wall and uh, drawn the line. And we all had a big gap between us and uh, hitting dad's height, growing to maturity, growing in height to hit that mark. Well, you're like, What's that got to do with Ephesians chapter 4? Well, Ephesians 4, he talks about the full stature of what we're to grow up to, to grow to maturity in. And he tells us exactly what the line on the wall is that we ought to be heading towards, that we ought to care about, that we ought to move towards and grow towards maturity in. And he tells us that in Ephesians 4, 13 through 15. Paul's very explicit when he writes to the Ephesians in this circular letter that went around that area so that the churches would know and so that you at East Point, you don't have to wonder where it is that God's taking you, what he wants you to grow into. He says this. He says, until, that's, that is verbiage. We're going to talk a lot about how to get there. But he's saying, here's where you want to go. You want to, until we attain to what? The unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You get it? The stature the, that we're, we're heading to is the fullness of Jesus Christ and unity in the faith. Now, he's not talking here about, um, about subjective faith. He's talking about the content of the faith, which is the gospel. And uh, so there's unity around that. And then we are to grow to maturity, to become like Jesus, and to know him. Look at this definition of growing to maturity. This is where God wants to take East Point Church. Next slide. Maturity as a body is this. Unity in the gospel of Jesus, and then knowing and living like Jesus. And when he says knowledge of the Son of God, he's not just talking about theoretical knowledge. He's talking about experiential knowledge so that you all as a church body would really, really know Jesus in your heart of hearts, in your everyday experience, and that you would also live like Jesus and reflect Jesus in the full stature of Christ-likeness. That's where God wants to take East Point Church and you collectively as a body. So as you think about growing to maturity, this is where he's taking you. The question is, how can we keep growing to maturity? What is it that God wants you to do and to practice in order to help facilitate that growth towards maturity? Two things. First... The first thing got to do, if you want to grow to maturity in Christ-likeness, is this. Maintain unity. Maintain unity. 
Paul wrote, he had already, you know, he's not saying achieve unity that you don't have. You see, all the whole first three chapters of Ephesians, and particularly in chapter 2, he's like, you're already one in Christ. You already have the one Holy Spirit. You are already one body in Christ. It's, it's a reality. Now, the, now, practically, to work that reality out so that it's demonstrated and experienced, you got to maintain that unity. And he says this, I urge you to walk with all humility, gentleness, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. You mean I've got to bear with these uh, others in the body of Christ? Yeah. Sometimes people irritate us or ding us or we hurt them. And, you know, it's like, hey, we still have got to react and, and, and speak and practice loving humility to maintain that unity. And if unity is fractured, if there's a breakdown in that, then you're quick to to lean in and restore that so that unity is demonstrated and unity is maintained and restored. So lean in. Don't run from working those things through. It may be with a spouse or someone else in the body that you're avoiding. Maintain that unity. So that's the first practice. You're going to move to maturity. Stay united and stay united around the gospel and work to maintain that unity. The second practice to grow to maturity is this, serve actively. And he takes this up in verses 7 through 16. Paul says, serve actively. If you want to move towards Christ-likeness and help the body to move towards Christ-likeness and really know Jesus, you've got to serve actively to build that body up. The first way that you can serve actively is this, and it's found in Ephesians 4.15. He says this. Speaking the truth in love so that you may grow up. Speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in all in way into him who is the head, who is Christ. So the f- first way you you serve actively is actually speaking the gospel truth about Jesus to his body. You practice speaking that gospel, that what's true about Jesus. You know, it says speaking the truth in love. This oftentimes is misunderstood. A lot of times it's like, uh, you know, you may have heard it, you know, we've got to say the hard things, but we got to do it in love. You know, and I'm all for tough love. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes, we, you know, we've, we do have to say those, those hard things and do it the right way and all that. That's not really what Paul's talking about right here. What Paul is talking about when he says, the, speaking the truth, he's talking about the gospel. So if you, if you go back to Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 13 and 14, he talks about your faith and he talks about your faith in the truth, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. He calls it the message of truth, and then he uses a synonym, the gospel of your salvation. And then later on in chapter 4, he talks about again, he mentions the truth, but this time he says the truth as it is in Jesus. 
And so we, 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 here he's just using shorthand. He's just saying the truth. And he's, what he's talking about is the gospel or the truth about Jesus. And so if you want to serve actively and actually help the body grow, as a, as a part of this body, speak the truths about Jesus to each other. Remind one another about what God has done for you in Jesus Christ through his death his burial, his resurrection, and all the, all the blessings that you have from being united with Christ, that you're adopted, that you are beloved, that you are reconciled, that you are forgiven, that you have a living hope that enables you to endure through things. That's the kind of thing that we need to buzz about and remind each other and help each other with because why? We forget. We get down in it and then we forget. Or we're facing situations or practical uh, problems and then we just go it like with a self-help approach and we forget all about the grace that is in Christ Jesus that spurs us on to live and to grow. You know, Paul illustrates how to do this in a pretty simple way. Later in the chapter, in chapter 4, down in verse 32, He talks to the the believers here and he says, forgive one another. Oh, how do you do? What what else does Paul say? Even as God in Christ has forgiven you. See, he's speaking the truth about Jesus to them to spur them on to forgive each other because they've already experienced forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And he's speaking the truth and he's illustrating. Here's Here's how that works. So, growing to maturity involves maintaining unity, serving actively. The first way we can serve actively with one another is speaking the truth about Jesus to one another. Another way to serve actively, and Sam really did a great job last week of really encouraging you as a body to use your gifts, but it leads to that. Serve by using your gifts to build the body. Using the gifts that God has given you to build the body. And let's just camp out a little bit on this aspect of using your gifts. Because this is the series, right? All hands on deck. Here we go. Everybody's in, on, in it together. What Paul wrote in Ephesians 4, 7 through 12, he said this. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Here he's talking more about grace that enables you to serve according to Christ's gift. Now, we know we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. But he also distributes grace to be able to serve through with your gifts. He says this, he continues, Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led host captives and he gave gifts to men. All right, let's pause there. We read the text earlier, there was a lot of descending and ascending and like, what is going on here in this text? What, what Paul's doing is he, he's quoting and he's paraphrasing and he's applying um, Psalm 68. And what you have is the picture that he, that he draws from Psalm 68 is the picture of, the, of a conquering king who just freed the people from another uh, 
from an enemy. And now he's bringing the spoils back. And what happens is then they would ascend up the mountain into Jerusalem. The streets would be lined and everybody's like, yeah, celebrating and, and gifts and the, the ascension of, of the king. And he applies it to Jesus. And he says, first Jesus descended, right? And we just got through Christmas in the incarnation and his birth. He dies, he's risen, and now he ascended back into heaven. And the conquering king would receive gifts. But Paul's saying, ah, Jesus, little twist, Jesus gives gifts. And he gives you to each other and spiritual gifts so that you can serve others with the unique gifts and abilities that God has given you as a body, and that that is to be practiced in the body. In fact, he he says in verse 16, when each part of the body of Christ is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So Christ has not only distributed gifts to you all as a body, When you use your individual gifts, unique and different as they are from each other, the whole body grows up. It's built up and it grows towards maturity in Christ's likeness. It's so vital that you use your gifts for others. All right. We've delved into text a little. Let's let's, a couple analogies that at least help me. Uh, you know how it is, like our society's all, you know, just, just dispersed everywhere. And you've got like, you've got grandparents living on the East Coast and kids and grandkids on the West Coast. And it's like, oh man, and you try your best to get together for every holiday and every birthday, but it doesn't always work. So what do grandparents do? Man, they love those grandkids, and they just want to bless those little grands. So they get together, and they, oh, man, they get a whole little cluster of gifts together and package them up, and then do they drive them across the country? No. No, but they do go to UPS or to FedEx, and they hand them off, and then over in the West Coast somewhere, somebody, a UPS delivery person, shows up and distributes those gifts. And the little grandkids, Billy and Susie, are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're totally blessed. Did you know you and you and you and you are spiritual UPS delivery people? God is sending his grace through your gifts to distribute that, to bless others in the body so that the whole body grows up. So it's so key to use your particular gifts so that the blessing flows. You're a conduit of grace. Is that how you see yourself? I'm a conduit of grace? God's sending it to, through you. It's not about you. It's about others that he blesses through you. Another modern-day parable that's helped me, I I think I heard it like decades ago at some Gothard seminar, and I've modified it, but it really kind of uh, illustrates, I think, how the diversity of gifts might work together. So let's just imagine it's uh, 10 minutes before 
this worship gathering's getting ready to start here at East Point, and all of a sudden, crash, you hear the loudest noise out in the lobby, and you're like, what just happened? So we all looking around the lobby, and the person that was setting up the coffee and the creamers and, you know, the sugar and all that has slipped in a puddle of water and wiped out on the floor, bang, hurt their elbow, they're laying down there, and crash, everything is spilled, and it's a total mess. You know, different gifts are going to respond to that. person with a gift of mercy, what are they going to do? Man, they're going to get down on that, down on the floor. Oh, man, are you okay? And they're going to be concerned not only about the, their, their, their physical, but also like, oh, this is kind of embarrassing. That, man, they're comforting them and bringing that compassion to them. Someone with the gift of prophecy looks around the room and you're like, you know why this happened? Not enough of us are stepping up and that one person's doing all the work. Repent, let's get this thing right. Next person, leadership. They're, they're seeing the vision like, wow, yeah, you're right. This is such a key area, the lobby, and people are connecting here. So much important happens here. They start casting a vision, right, for teamwork. And, man, come on, let's get a part of the team. Someone with the gift of helps is like, what is all this talk about? Look at this mess. So what do they do? They run and they grab the broom or the mop, and then they start mopping the floor and cleaning things up because it's like they need help, and it needs to be practical. Let's get this job done. Someone, the gift of encouragement is like, hey, it's okay. Man, don't let this stop you. You are going to do great next time. Do not let this hold you back. Press on. Keep going. Yeah, let's do this. Someone with the gift of healing, what are they doing? They're laying hands on that elbow and they're praying for healing that God would heal that that swelling elbow. Someone with the gift of teaching might say, you know, I've been researching tray carrying lately. And, you know, the way you were kind of doing that, oh, man, come on. Come on, teacher, really? Administration. They look at this situation, they look at their watch, they're like, eight minutes till services start. At this rate, we're never going to get this thing done. And they're like, all right, you keep mopping. And uh, hey, how about you? Would you be willing to set that coffee up? Hey, how about you? Would you go to the cabinet and get new, you know, new bowls and new, uh, all the creamer stuff? And like, we got to get this thing going. Come on, come on, come on. And by the way, we'll get this thing organized. So in weeks to come, we'll have a sign-up sheet, you know. Oh, man, this isn't going to happen again. They got things humming. Someone with the gift of giving is like, oh, this is going to set East Point back. We got to replace this stuff. And we got to get a, a, you know, a better cart to haul this stuff around and make it easier. for. Well, I'm going I'm to invest in that. Someone with the gift of evangelism invited one of their f- friends that doesn't know Jesus to the, the gathering. And they came through right while the, everybody was f- doing their thing in the body and they're like, remember we've been talking about reconciliation to God through Jesus. And he not only reconciles us to himself, but to each other. And look at how the body's functioning. The guy's like, this is amazing. The way he's like, yeah, you need to trust Christ. You need to trust Christ. You get it, right? Okay. I know it's a little hokey, but you get the idea. Different gifts. 
will respond to situations, and that's actually okay. That's actually great. Now, we're not going to sit around and wait for to hear the big crash, right? Come on now. We got to get actively serving, proactively offering your gifts. And that can come through the you have so many great structures here at East Point, you know. That those gifts can be used on a Sunday. They can be used in children's ministry and youth ministry, through on ministry teams, through community groups. A lot of gifts come alive in those relational, less form like formal informal. They can be done through the structures, but also spontaneously, as well as through teamwork out in the community to love your neighbors that don't know Jesus. The key is use your gifts. Don't be passive. Use your gifts. Serve actively. Okay, let's sum up. Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. Growing to maturity involves coming to the place where the body is, knows Jesus and is living like Jesus. Maintaining unity is the practice that helps get you there, as well as serving actively, which involves serving by speaking to one another the good news about Jesus, but also by actively using your gifts to build the body. So the point for East Point is pretty simple. Let me summarize even further. Maintain unity and serve actively to grow to maturity as Christ's body. If you're part of East Point, maintain unity. Serve actively in order to grow as a body to maturity. Let me stop, pause, get a little personal, and think about it. How about you? Where are you in this? Are you thinking about the maturing of the body so that you become like Jesus? I know sometimes we forget and we need to be reminded. Because as the body knows Jesus and grows to be like him, it puts God's glory on display in this world and on the eastern shore. So that's where God's taking you. He wants to see the maturity and the the activity of Christ-likeness played out. He wants to see Christ-likeness in the way you relate to the Father, loving God. Loving your neighbor outwardly that doesn't know Christ. Showing compassion, bringing the good news outwardly, but also speaking the good news to each other inwardly and encouraging each other to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ and to function in the body. It's so easy to forget these things. Let me ask you about this related to maintaining unity. Is there anybody that you're at odds with or that relationship's been fractured that's part of the body that you need to, to move towards and work? Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's someone in this church family. 
my encouragement is don't avoid it. Don't re- avoid conflict. Lean in. Get the log out of your own eye. In other words, admit to what part maybe you've contributed to this breakdown. Uh, if there's something that you need to share with them, gently show them their fault. But then get re- reconciled. Be restored. Maintain that unity because you already are one in Christ. Are you using your gifts? Are you using your gifts to build the body? If not, it's time. And I would say this, my encouragement is this. Major where you're gifted. Pitch in where you're help, where you're needed. Major where you're gifted. Major on using your gifts. If you're mercy gifts, major on that. Get involved and continuously use that. If you're teaching gift or a leadership gift or helps gift, major where you're where you're gifted. But then once in a while you gotta pitch in, right? My wife and I, we try to play to each other's strengths in our families, and she has things she does, I have things I do, but I don't know that either of us have the gift of taking out trash or loading the dishwasher. So you just pitch in and you help out, and that's the way it is in the household of faith as well. Major where you're gifted, just Pitch in where you're needed at times for sometimes a one-off and, and help out. What, what you might say, Mark, I don't even know what my gifts are. If you're newer to spiritual gifts and serving in the body, my encouragement is just try something. Get involved. Volunteer. Get Become part of a team. Get in a community group where you can try things. This is an environment of grace where it's a safe place to step up, try things, learn about yourself, learn about your gifts, get feedback from the, from the, the leaders and the pastors and others that are leading groups and teams. And like just because you, you try something doesn't mean you're locked into that for like the 100-year plan, Right? Get in there, try things, adapt, and keep learning about yourself. It's much easier to move a steering bike. And you have equippers within this body. Ephesians 4 and 11 said that pastors and teachers are not to do all the ministry, but to equip you. And so learn. Learn from those that are in leadership roles here, and then step up and use your gifts. All right, before we pray, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to practice something that I just preached. And that is, I'm going to speak the truth about Jesus to you as I exhort you to step up and actively serve. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Jesus was with his disciples, and they were again acting like knuckleheads. As they're in Luke chapter 10, the third time he's just told them that the Son of Man is going to be crucified and risen. And what are they doing? They have a big dispute going on about, like, you know, who's going to have this position. And they're having, a, uh, like, they're having a fight with each other. And they're all ticked off. And they're playing for position and recognition and all this stuff. What does Jesus say? Luke chapter 10, 45. For the Son of Man came not to be served... But to serve, he's speaking about himself. 
And then he said, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus saying, he ransomed us. He gave his life to set us free from hostage as hostages of sin so that we could be free now to serve. And he's saying, and the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. So follow my example, but remember the cross and the grace that God has shown you first. The cross for you, now the cross by you. Follow the example of Jesus who came not to be served, but to serve. And actively step up and be a part of serving at East Point Church as one body with many members. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this reminder that that you are growing us up to be like Jesus and to know him. I pray, Lord, that you would use each one here to maintain unity and then to actively serve. I pray by your spirit, empower every gifted person so that they would be a part and that everybody would step up so that your name would be made famous here on the shore and your glory spread further and shine brighter. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank you again for joining us for this week's sermon podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm the music and creative pastor here at East Point Church. And if you were challenged, encouraged, or impacted in any way by this week's sermon, we would love to hear about it. It's your stories that encourage us and what we do, and we just want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. So you can go ahead and share with us at podcast at epeaston.com. Also, make sure that you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Have a great week.